and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap Podcast. My name is Sindhira Chetty and I will be highlighting some of the informative feature and news articles from the 2nd July 2021 issue of Farmers Weekly. This week's cover photo features one of my favorite goat breeds, the Kalahari Red. Lindy Puata took this exceptional photo of Toby, a Kalahari Red Ram, at the Mahi-style Kalahari Red Goatstad. She spoke to stud owner Indy Guasen about his meticulous selection process and how this has already paid dividends in two years. Other features to look out for include a story on how two brothers from the Eastern Cape built a 100 million rand farming business in 10 years. And we speak to Dr. Abangile Balarane, general manager of the egg organization at the South African Poultry Association, about the strategies that are being adopted to support egg producers and secure the future of the industry. Readers can also read about the possible dangers of eating insects and making the most of well-grown honeybush. Let's take a look at the main feature article. Eddie Guerson's Kalahari Red Stad near Mbombela Mpumalanga is just two years old, but already has a solid foundation thanks to excellent genetics supplied by top breeders. Guerson purchased his first ram from champion breeder Joseph Kleinhans. His second ram, bought from Anton Botma, is the son of a world champion Kalahari Red, and a large part of his herd is progeny from that ram. Gerson says that buying rams from champion breeders is vital as it lends credibility to his own stud. You're able to build your reputation based on the caliber of animals you keep and where they come from. Gerson believes that developing a successful stud farm takes time because you're building not just the quality of your herd, but also your reputation. And without a good reputation, you can't really make a success of stud farming because people want to know that they're getting what they paid for. There needs to be a system of genetic traceability in place that you can trust. Kuerson's stud consists of 90 ewes and two rams. He has a strict selection process and allows natural breeding to take place. He achieves a kidding percentage of 150% with weaning weights of 25 kg and 20 kg for rams and ewes respectively. Gerson selects against white coloring. He also looks for good build and uniform horns that are bent close to the head. In ewes, he aims for good maternal instincts, paying particular attention to good milk quality and the increased likelihood of producing twins. Now, keeping the herd healthy requires vigilance, he says. Worsen ensures that each goat in his herd is observed at least twice a day so that any problems can be spotted quickly and swift action taken if required. Worsen believes in order to reach the goal of having a superior stud, you need to have the right nutrition and additional feeding. With regards to traceability, Worsen says that stud breeders aim to breed the perfect animal. So knowing which genetics are already in the gene pool and which are missing is crucial. Person therefore takes care when selecting animals, paying close attention to the full pedigree as specified by the SA's stud book. Now let's take a look at the future of SA's egg producers. Did you know the egg industry is one of the largest employers in South Africa's agriculture sector and a key provider of affordable protein to millions of consumers? Dr. Abungile Balarane, general manager of the egg organization at the South African Poultry Association shares some insight into the industry. In the 
2021 marketing year, South Africa exported about 10,750 tons of eggs at an estimated 306,6 million, with Mozambique as the main destination. In the same period, a minimal quantity of table eggs was imported. However, fertile breeding eggs and dry egg powders were imported mainly from Europe and the US at a cost of around 66,9 million rand. Now, according to Dr. Balarane, egg producers face a number of challenges, which include biosecurity measures at national level, domestic economic performance, including the inflation of major production inputs such as feed. The cost of electricity, fuel, and wages also affects the industry, with the supply and demand of eggs largely determining the price. Dr. Balarane says that one of the big opportunities for producers is the current development of the agricultural and agro-processing master plan. Once the strategic plan is concluded and endorsed by all social partners involved, the shape and landscape of the agricultural sector at large is likely to change the status quo and provide better opportunities for producers and egg value chain participants. In order to ensure the sustainability of the egg industry, Dr. Balarane suggests that a basic strategy for protecting the local industry from imports and as far as possible preventing disease outbreaks such as the highly pathogenic avian influenza is needed. Looking at the egg industry 10 years from now, the worst case scenario could be the reduction in the in the consumption of eggs on the local market, as this will mean less market space for domestic producers. There needs to be a high local demand for eggs. Dr. Balarane says that our industry needs to invest in encouraging the consumption of locally produced eggs. The final feature we look at is how two brothers managed to grow a small family farm into a huge diversified farming business, going from 10 million rand to 100 million rand in 10 years. Brothers Rian and Mario Stradum owned the farming business Buck Makiri Holdings in Krachil in the Langkloor. Fruit was their family farm's main activity, but they kept chicken as an additional source of income. Their poultry business started off with 200 broiler chickens in 1996. They sold chicken locally, and this small business grew to the point where they had to register for a home butcher's license in 1997. In 2007, the brothers acquired a 3-meter by 6-meter shop space in Yobertina, from where they sold their chicken and pork products. As demand and volumes grew, they had to increase their shop space. In 2010, they invested in a commercial butchery. Then, in 2019, they constructed a new on-farm meat processing facility, where all meat orders are now processed and packed for their clients. The poultry business has grown to 109,000 chickens with 2,500 birds slaughtered each day. According to Rian Stradum, part of their success is the fact that they are involved throughout the value chain. They grow, slaughter, process, market, and distribute the product. This enables them to add value throughout the value chain and also manage costs. In terms of the food component of the farm, Stradum says they inherited a farm with old trees, which were producing low yields of cultivars that were out of favor in the marketplace. They started with a replacement strategy, gradually replacing the old blocks with modern cultivars and high-density orchids. The brothers have learned some hard lessons along the way, the most fundamental of these being that shortcuts don't pay when establishing an orchid. 
it is a non-negotiable that soil preparation, irrigation infrastructure, and trellising are in place before planting, and planting must be done at the right time. So what is the secret to the company's stellar growth over the past 20 years? According to Stradum, he says that they try to add value to everything they do on the farm. They are also not scared to try out new ideas, but if something does not work, they move on quickly. Now let's take a look at some of the top agri news. Role players in the South African livestock industry have expressed concern about the current way in which animal health is managed, such as with the current African swine fever outbreaks, saying it is out of step with the country's reality. According to Johan Kutzer, CEO of the South African Pork Producers Organization, we have already seen 48 African swine fever outbreaks in 2021 alone, add to this foot and mouth disease and avian influenza outbreaks, and the scope of the challenge cannot be ignored. Kotzer said that ASF spread very fast, and there was only a window of three to four days after detection when it was possible to manage and contain the situation. The longer you take to react, the higher the risk, the more expensive it gets, and the less effective your measures become. Kotzer said government's response to outbreaks was too slow. But according to Mpo Marja, Director of Animal Health at the Agriculture Department, South Africa faced the same challenges as other developing countries in managing ASF. Rural people in South Africa keep pigs, and because they're poor, the animals are not fed, but allowed to roam, exposing them to the risk of being infected with ASF. Marja said the department was working in a proactive manner with the piggery industry in this regard, but there was room for improvement. And the only way to manage animal disease outbreaks was for all role players to seek ways to improve their biosecurity through limiting exposure to animals with an unknown health status. Also making headlines this week is the SA olive industry under pressure. The international spike in vegetable oil prices has brought little relief for South African olive oil producers. Victoria Euster, manager of the SA Olive Industry Association, SA Olive, said there had been a marginal increase in international olive oil prices, but it had been difficult to pass on to either the domestic food trade or the real retail sector. This was due to local prices being considerably restrained due to the impact of the COVID-19-related lockdown on the hospitality sector, consumer spending being under pressure due to the poor economy, and South African producers trying to clear 2020 stocks before the next harvest. Electricity and labor price hikes combined with ESCOM's rolling blackouts had further reduced farming margins in South Africa. While it was still too early to make an accurate prediction, SA Olive expected the 2021 harvest to be marginally down from last year's 1,500 tonne of table olives and 1,5 million liters of olive oil. And we end off with some good news. According to Davi Maria, Head of Communications and Marketing at FMB Agriculture, agriculture offers good investment opportunities. He said industries that targeted export markets, such as citrus, avocados, and macadamias, were currently the fastest growing and presented the best investment opportunities. Blueberries were also on the list, but were still a niche product. The meat industry also presented long-term investment opportunities, but returns were not as high. Intensive production industries such as poultry and pork were under pressure due to an escalation in feed and other costs, such as labor and electricity. 
Now, these industries nevertheless represented good opportunities if ready markets were available. For a farmer who has the skills and capacity to expand production, he advises investing in more land. A farmer who doesn't have the time or capacity to manage good production units might be better off investing higher up in the value chain. What's important is to make an informed decision, he says. And that's it for me for this week. Remember to follow us and engage with us on our social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, stay safe and happy farming.